do something in a program that you will now have the freedom from the bondage of self. It's a verb, yes? Every moment, there seems to be an option here. There can be the appearance of bondage or freedom. Why is that? Well, we could go into it as there is a the mind is presented here, because that's what's being presented here in this world, is mind. The mind is presented here in a dualistic manner. Yes? There's hot, cold, day, night, male, female, either or, yes or no. That's how the mind works. So here, in, a, in the verb of living, the mind can either be in the bonding to self or the freedom from the bonding to self. Yeah? Those are two appearances of the same movement of mind. But most of us are concerned with the appearances because we are the, the, the deliverer of those expressions. What our life is, is oneness is expressing in two-ness. So oneness, all there is is consciousness, is expressing in, oh, I can be conscious or I can be unconscious. Yeah? And it's not like, I am unconscious, that's that, and I am conscious, that's that. It's a verb. Some days you feel you're conscious, some days you don't feel you're conscious, right? Some days you feel you're connected, some days you feel you're disconnected. This is the movement, this is the basic theme of interpretation from the mental process. It's defined by the either-or. So it's feeling is, I was really feeling connected, and then you assume that what you were doing that day caused the connection, so if I was on a retreat or I was shopping at that certain store and I got satisfaction doing that, then I will I will put them two together and say the satisfaction I feel I'm I'm interpreting I'm feeling was caused by that. It's totally delusional. Nothing is being caused. You're the cause. That's not the cause of your happiness. You're the cause of happiness and dishappiness. Not as Paul, but as this apparatus. That's what it does. Singularity comes through, and it appears to be either or. Yes, no, hot and cold, love, hate, you know, feeling disgruntled or at peace. We're just a conveyor of expression here. That's what the apparatus is. Oneness appearing through, comes in here, and then it expresses a two-ness. Hey, I'm feeling really connected today, and I went to this meeting, and this guy talked, so the meeting and that guy talking is why I'm feeling connected. No, it's not why. Because if you believe that this caused the connection, then leaving this will cause you to believe you're disconnected. If you believe you did something to attain something, you will also believe you can do something to lose it. That's not worth having. A piece that you can attain and lose isn't worth having. Seriously. It has because how can you have peace about it? an unreliable peace. That wouldn't be called peace. You would not be traveling peacefully if you had that kind of peace, because that peace is conditional. It's going to come or go, based on your take, actually. Your head's playing God up the wazoo, literally. So it says, oh, I have this peace, but there's, it doesn't translate into peacefulness, because it feel like you captured it, and you can lose it. That's not peace. Peace is not something you have, nor can you lose it. If you have a peace that you feel you've got, and that you feel you can lose, throw that fucking peace away. It's not worth the name. Peace is prior to coming and going, disconnected, being connected. The acknowledgement of the choicelessness of the condition of singularity is what overrides the appearances of duality. That's what happens. You are the singularity, and the expression as you is the duality. 
the singularity. You are that oneness, and your expression as this here is two-ness. Yes? You can look at it. You've got two eyes, two ears, two arms, two legs. You're all about duality. You've got a left, a right, a back, a front. All of this, this is the total expression of duality. Yeah? But it's singularity expressing its singularity through the appearance of duality. Don't be fooled by the duality. But it's fair, you will not, you will totally be fooled by the duality if you're identified as this. Because this is the conveyor of the expression of duality. But what's expressing duality is not this. Singularity. Yeah? Singularity, I would say, is the spirit or consciousness, if you want to give it a name, or the awareness or the witness. That's, or like Jesus said, it's the ofness of being in the world. The in the world is the duality, which this is in the world. This. And the ofness is the singularity. So it says, you're appearing in the world, but you're not of the world. So this is the appearance in the world of what you're of. Yeah? But you can't recognize what you're of as the two-ness. Two-ness cannot see oneness. Yeah? It's the recognition you're not the two-ness, that's the oneness. That's how the recognition of oneness translates. It's not two-ness really studying oneness and trying to get what oneness is as a two-ness, no. It's the recognition I'm not the two-ness, that's it. That is the activation of the oneness here. In other words, now... As two-ness is expressing, it will keep going on, like Zen said, first there is the mountain, then there is no mountain, then there is the mountain again. Nothing has to change, yeah? First there is the mountain, that's two-ness, then there is no mountain, that's the oneness, the realization. Then, there's two-ness again. Because this is the, that's what's happening here. The appearance is not of oneness. If There wouldn't be an appearance if it was of oneness. It's of two-ness. Yeah? So here we go. First there is the mountain. Oh, everything is real and solid. This two-ness is all there is. And I'm solid and real just as much as that mountain. Then a recognition of oneness. Oh, there is no mountain. Which means there is no you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And then, hey, there's the mountain again. But now you're traveling lighter. Because you don't see you. Yes? Yeah, as this you. You have an intimation of what you are which is not of this place. Yeah? Now, that ofness will never appear in the two-ness, but it will intimate itself through the two-ness. Yeah? You'll travel light. So the terrain of two-ness may not change. You may get fired. You may have a kid. You may not have a kid. The kids may be unruly, or they may be very obedient. Da, 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 who knows? That terrain may not change, but you... As the appearance of Tunis here will travel lighter through the jungle of Tunis. Yes? Because there'll be the intimation of oneness. You will sense the oneness. Yes? You will, you will not see, hear it, feel it, taste it, touch it, smell it. You will sense it. There'll be intimation. That's the presence. Yeah? The presence of what? Oneness. The presence of oneness. But the presence of oneness is really the absence of being identified as the conveyor of two-ness. If you're identified as this, this will prohibit you entertaining the oneness because you're busily entertaining your this, your two-ness. It's very difficult to serve two masters at the same time. So if you're serving this master, yes, this is who I am, this body and this mind, and this is real and solid and everything, and these things can hurt me, and oh, I've got a plan and all this and all that, well, it's going to be very difficult for that mind to 
occupied with that to be occupied with its own nature. So the dilemma here is the identification as the conveyor or the expression of tunis, the body, is causing us not to be able to entertain the nature of our oneness. And that creates a dilemma. Because the awareness which is of oneness has been captured in its addiction or its identification as the tunis. Your consciousness is the bonding agent to the tunis. You're conscious that you're this. You don't, hold on, you'll at the end try to hold on to it, yeah? Because I get in the role, it's like cooking a souffle. I don't want to open up the stove right now. So there's the, the consciousness, yes, which is the oneness, is identified with the conveyor of the tunis. So it's actually illuminating and it's staging the drama of the tunis. Yeah? Because you're conscious of the tunis. Yeah? Tunis is not conscious. Tunis is an appearance in consciousness. But consciousness is now acting as if it's consciously that. Yeah? It's identified as the body and the mental process. Yeah? Your head is selfing, and the head selfing, this process of selfing, makes up an illusion that this is me, I'm this noun, called Paul. Yeah? So part of the verb of a mental process is taken to be the noun. Our consciousness has been captured by that. This has become identified as it, yeah? And now it illuminates the story of Paul here. Ad nauseum, obviously. Because we're obsessed with the story of Paul. And in that obsession with the story of Paul as this, we do not entertain what we truly are, so we suffer the slinging arrows of that ignorance. It's just the way it goes. Now we want relief from the slings and arrows of this world, but we want it, we, we want the relief as this. Yeah? We don't see that as this, that's the cause of the slings and arrows. Yeah? So most people want life to get better, but they want it to get better just as they are right now. They don't see that just as they are right now is in cahoots with the way it is. Yeah? There's no difference. The way you are right now is reflecting in the way it is to you. If you want to change the way it is, and this doesn't change, you will travel to Bangkok, Thailand, and it will look like Burlingame in three days. The same old, same old. No matter where you go in the world, you change the stage. After a month or two, it will be the same old, same old. Because that ain't it. It's not changing the outside, because the inside will just keep representing itself onto the outside. So everyone's seeking relief for self, but not from it. That's the dilemma to me. My humble view is that people are busy because if you identify the self, you are in the business of getting relief. Because it's freaking unbearable, obviously. You have this light of all lights, yeah, illuminating this preoccupation with this one crazy idea that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. This huge amount of attention going into this one imaginary point is creating incredible neuroses for the mental process. You're flipping out. Yeah? It's like the selfing is like a magnifying glass. Your consciousness is being put on this little idea of Paul, and you're burning a hole. So we need relief. So drinking, shooting, fucking, whatever. Taking it out on someone else, blaming people, writing up a story, holding on to a resentment as the excuse for my whole life's condition. So people go, oh, I'd give up this resentment at a drop of a hat. No, you wouldn't. Because you're milking it like a cow. 
That resentment is giving you an excuse for why you're not where you're supposed to, you think you're supposed to be. It's all mental gymnastics, and you know what? No one's, no one's even attending your circus. It's boring as hell. Jesus, bring out the old elephant. It's like freaking ridiculous. Close down the tents and move on. So, that sense of singularity is what I would say people call the presence. Yeah? In recovery, it's called the conscious presence. So, if you look at it, it's so obvious. That presence obviously isn't absent, yeah? or it wouldn't be able to be called presence. Yeah? The, the, the name would be a misnomer if it had the ability to be absent. Presence is presence, yes? So in other words, presence sort of to me signifies it's always here, yeah? As long as you're seemingly present, there's presence, yeah? Now presence can't be absent, or it wouldn't be called presence, yeah? But in our head, it can seem to be absent when what else takes its place as being present? You! Yeah? You as this. You as this sort of shoulders the presence aside in your little head, and now you're presently occupied with this, and it causes the sense of the presence's absence, doesn't it? Don't you feel, you know you have a belief in a God, but do you sense it now? Maybe, hopefully now, at this moment, but most of the day you don't. Do you? Don't you feel like you've been abandoned when you don't get that parking lot in front of the meeting or whatever, or... You, that guy you want to go out with says no to you. Supposedly God's supposed to be working for you, like you know an employment agent gets you jobs and girlfriends and boyfriends. Or He's failing me miserably, but I'm so preoccupied with my presence, it causes the presence to seem absent. Now, in the appearance of duality, you got to see it. If what's causing the presence to seem absent is told the truth about, what will happen? In the appearances, in duality, once what is causing the presence to seem absent is told the truth about, what will happen? The absence will seem absent and the presence will seem present. It's just a movement in duality here. It's not that the presence was anywhere other than present. The oneness is always so, but it can appear to be not so when you're present as this, and all your stories and everything else that your mind loves to grapple with, because it dramatically gets relevant by all the activities with others. Yeah? Jesus Christ. It's like, you, it's like when you buy a house and you buy a carpet, what your mind does, it, has, it buys this light and it lays a carpet of fly paper. And all your basic relationships and everything just glue you into the reality of this world. And your wings, but you don't have the strength to pull off the paper. So the more you flap, the worse it gets. Yeah, it's, it's mine, 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 mine. So here, presence. Everyone, if you have had any inkling of spirituality, yes, the old one, love. Love is all there is. Then why aren't you sensing it? If love is all there is, why aren't you sensing it? Why aren't you traveling in the bliss of the love that all there is? There must be something that's causing what all there what's all there is not to seem to be so. What is that? The preoccupation with what you're not. See? How could what all there is be blocked? It can only be blocked by the extreme dualistic approach of being totally obsessed with what is not. You see? What is not and all there is. 
When one is not, wants to know all there is, you never find it. Because all there is is what you're not at that point. So how can it find all there is when it believes all, it is all there is? Yes? When you're totally identified as this, you believe all there is is this. Any God you have is lesser than yourself. Definitely. So there you go. So now all there is keeps being what's not by you being all there is. So we're saying don't look for what's all there is. Just see what's not. Maybe what's not is that you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You may not be a whole unit. That's just a continuum of the exact same unit until you die. I'm saying that's not true. There is no noun called you. All you are is a verb. A living verb, and part of that living verb is a living mental process that's making up the illusion of being a noun. That's what I'm calling the selfing. That is the illusion and the source of all ignorance. What am I ignoring by being occupied with that? All there is. So now, suffering this, the pain and the dilemmas that is that gravitates to being identified with all there isn't, yes? The all there isn't may get a real zinger and think, I want to know all there is, as all there isn't. <laughs> so spiritual seeking now starts. The all there isn't now starts looking for the all there is, every moment away, blocking out all there is. Yes? Because <laughs> how could you ever find all there is? You'd have to be somewhere located other than where you are to find it, Yes? All there is is all there is. So when I recognize what I believe to be me is not me, there's a recognition, oh, I'm not that. What becomes totally obvious is all there is. I don't have to study it, you see? I don't have to read books, but you may like to. It's fun because it will reaffirm something. I may want to do this and do that, but there's no need anymore because it's not going to bring me anything because how can you bring anything into all there is? What's lacking in all there is? Nothing. Yeah? What's lacking in all there isn't is all there is. It's an impossibility except when your consciousness is identified with all there isn't. That's all we're doing. We're offering a simple invitation, I hope, in this room, not to look for all there is, because you don't need to look for all there is, because it's all there is. All you have to do is see what's looking for all there is, because you obviously believe you is. And you is not as this. You are what's looking, but you are not the you that's looking for. You are not this. You are what's looking, because that's all there is. But you are not the you that's appearing in duality, as duality, two legs, left and right hemisphere of the brain. You cannot inhale exhalation. You're the perfect living verb here of duality. You inhale, exhale, yes? Left, right, hemisphere, left, right, muscle of the heart. Yes, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's the total expression of duality. But the singularity is what's conscious. Yes? There cannot be duality in consciousness. Because all there is is consciousness. Because it's not a, it's not a form. Only duality can only appear in form. Yes? Because a form can look different than another form. But spirit cannot look different from spirit. Because all there is is spirit, yeah? So this is just a simple recognition and an entertaining of the invitation. And if it if you motivates you to sit and meditate, far out. Take Tai Chi, great. Doesn't matter what, don't take Tai Chi. That's the freedom. The real freedom to me is there's no need to be liberated. None whatsoever. 
I don't wake up in the morning and try to connive and, and conceive of a scheme of how I'm going to be liberated today. <laughs> to me, that's the bondage of self. The self needs to be liberated, unbelievably so. But what I am does not need to be liberated. But when I entertain this philosophy as what I'm not, it's going to be very painful. Because then you'll be putting up with shit. You should actually, you know, the house will be on fire and you won't be grabbing the pail of water putting out because you'll be going, there is no house and there is no pail of water. No, if you feel the flames and it feels like it's burning, throw some pail of water on that fire. This philosophy is not meant to be used in duality. It's it's entertaining can show an effect in this duality expression, but it's not meant to be used by the dual the dualistic expression, yes? It's not another thing to have a strategy and an advantage for self and sort of, sort of a scheme around all day. It's just dropping into the, self, in the system of self-centeredness, and in that dropping in and in entertaining it, it may erode the foundations of self-centeredness, which is the center itself and the identification with consciousness as the body is the center. The bondage has to be fueled by awareness. The bondage is not by the thought of self. The bondage is the consciousness captured by that thought of self. Yeah? You become identified. And you think, and there's some joy, or let's say, there's some promises of specialness. Yeah? Like, if I can stay in this and bear the whole unbearability, I can be special. Someday I'll have one person really love me like no one else ever did, and me and her will have a special relationship. Or somehow my kid is going to be more special than any other kid. Or da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah? All of this drive is, is a way of reaffirming this dualistic as a singular unit. You don't see that. It's just an expression of mind. I like this effect. It's like people are upset. People are off. I'm just hoping everyone takes their clothes off and we can really get down there. <laughs> Let's have an orgy. Come on. I've been doing this for years. It hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting for something special. You better have more coffee than that, bro. When you get down and dirty. So, yeah. It's a simple, simple, simple invitation. Very simple. You may want to entertain the idea. I don't like giving any suggestions, but maybe just every once in a while, as you're going through the day, just throw in a subjective question in the narrative. Instead of going, who are they? What's going on here? Ask, who's it going on to? Maybe you'll find that there isn't any solid, real, separate entity called you. That you're just a verb. You're just verbing. You're not, actually. You're the oneness or the stillness that, let's say, witnessing that verbing, but this is just verbing. Oh, it's good. Every cell in your body is verbing unbelievably right now. Everything. There is so much going on, you are just a composite of verbing in form. Yeah? To take yourself as a noun is a real big leap. A real big leap. And if you attempt to know being, B-E-I-N-G, not the divine being, the divine being can be known as a noun. Once you make being into a noun, you can become a follower of a noun, as a noun. And that's why people are fucking crazy here in religion, I believe. But when you see being, not divine being, being, which is a verb, it can only be recognized as a verb. 
you cannot recognize it as a noun. It's impossible. If you take yourself to be a noun, you will not ever, ever really grok what verbing is, what being is, because a noun cannot know a verb. It neuters it by trying to know it. Yeah? It wants to stop it. It's like trying to get a cubic meter of a river and then bringing it to the laboratory and say, I got the river. Yeah, this is the river. No, it's just freaking water. The river is a movement. Yes, it signifies a movement of water. We call a river. Yeah, but we want to capture it and think, all right, now I know. So I know the truth now. I, Paul, have found the truth. It was, you know, someone left it near the 7-Eleven I found it. And now I have it. Now I, by having it, I'm going to give it to you. That's not what's happening. This is just an invitation from one verb to another verb. I didn't prep for this for three hours this morning. I wait, I gotta get up really early this evening today, eleven fifteen. So I got up at seven in the morning, did my yoga pranic, you know, please let me be a conduit, let me be a channel, let me be a real shiny channel. Oh no, a channel. Let me be let me be really really attractive to others. No, no, a channel, no, no, no. And then you know, read my books and start the meeting now. I sense the presence. I know you don't yet because I'm special, but I sense <laughs> <laughs> If you hang out with me, some of it may lap over because it's so unbelievably flowing so heavily now. It's unbearable. You should, you should really want to take me out to lunch because I need to. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. To me, to me it's just... We do something, we're going crazy trying to get out of the house to be here in time, come here, show up, bingo. What happens? There's absolutely no difference before I left and got here or after I left. <laughs> There's no, this doesn't make anything, it doesn't make my day more special or less. It's just the same. When I first attempted to do this stuff, I felt it was like an experience. It's not an experience anymore. It's just one fluid verbing. You, you've never left the river. There's no, there's no island in the river that you can climb up and get a breath and think you're a noun and go, oh, and then start narrating what it was like to be in the river. No, there is no river. You never come out of the river. It's just verbing. Life is just... Whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, you do, you're not like an amphibian that crawls out and becomes noun. Oh, you know, yes. I'm going to know that as my God. No, you are God. Like one great master says, you know God by being God. It's knowing God. It's being God. Perfect. Yeah. So this is what we attempt to share here. And, uh, questions? Oh, I wish you would have forgotten. She's not <laughs> It's not even, you can, 
Well, I don't know, because it hasn't happened to me. <laughs> but I would assume, see, my feeling, like when I've had certain things occur to me in this little trip, there are some things that came back with me when I came back, and one of them was that there is no you. Yeah? When this dies, when the mind, when the body dies, your narrator dies. There wasn't there is no sense of Paul. It's just an idea, it's just made up. Yeah? So this Paul is never gonna go into the oneness because all there is is the oneness. This is just like an appearance in the oneness of two-ness. But is the two-ness real? No. It's an appearance in, uh, an appearance in the oneness. When Watts allowing this appearance to, to be experienced, which is the apparatus dies, I don't think there's any two-ness. There's no reality of a two-ness. It's an appearance. It's an appearance in oneness. And it has it doesn't have a relevance of its own. So that would be a good thing. I, well, it matters to who? To you it may not, because the you won't be the star of the show. There won't be any show, there won't be any star, I imagine. So that's the thing. The identification is not absent of its perks, yeah? That's what most people are holding out for, is to be special. They want to be, they don't want really universal love. They want to have a special love. They want it to be about them. That's what mind's attempting to do here. Mind is really, I find, watching it, it's trying to duplicate in a very crazy way God. It just wants to find oneness with another person, not with oneness. It wants to be, it wants to play God instead of being God. It wants to have its idea of heaven, and it doesn't want to go be in heaven. It wants its idea of heaven. Yeah, it wants to be right. It doesn't want to. It doesn't want to realize no one needs any help. It wants to get an identification as being a great helper here. It wants to be special. It has a drive. Yeah. So there's, in Buddhism they call it cherishing. The mind is cherishing what it made up, which is being a separate entity, separating itself from the, the recognition of oneness. And it's really holding out in the, in the frozen tundra of that event, but it's holding out with hope and specialness and a desire to be something other than what it is. So you, are pretty, you will put up with a lot of shit in your head and keep on hoping that somehow it's going to get better, won't you? I mean, most of us... We should have put our foot down a long time ago. This, this is insane, really. And to see that, oh, it has nothing to do with me that someone's getting their ass kicked down the street and getting punished and beaten and robbed and I'm just driving my ranger, road ranger, and everything is fine. That's what the separation is like. And it's an impossibility. You cannot make a special somewhere and everywhere and exclude everywhere. Because everywhere is all there is. And you're going to really, really deep down miss everywhere. You know, no matter how much special your somewhere is, no matter, you can make a little gated community of heaven, I don't think it's really sad, going to be satisfying for you. Because it's a denial of everywhere, in my sense. So to me, it's a surrender, in a way, to the fact of the optionlessness of this place, or choicelessness. Yeah? It's a choiceless state of consciousness. I don't have a choice in that matter. I may act and huff and puff and think this and get totally consumed in what's not happening all day, but in fact it doesn't erase the fact that all there is is consciousness. So to me, 
that sense of choicelessness. See, because things appear to be conscious and unconscious here. I do, you do, day goes, everything like that. But underlying all there is is consciousness. That's the optionlessness of it. That's the choicelessness of it. That's where the real peace is for me. So the appearances come and go, and you do what you do or don't do what you do when you need to deal with it. Whatever happens is going to happen. But the realization of resting in the oneness while you're you know, surfing the two-ness in a way is, a, is, a, um, is my definition of traveling lighter. And the only reason why truth has value here is because the absence of it seems to cause a huge mess. Truth doesn't need to have value. It's in and of itself all value. But here, where we have made it seem like it's not here, it's being entertained here can produce a great value here in the appearance of Tunis. So, that's that's my feeling about it with it. There's a joy in and of itself, sensing the presence. It, the idea of a, a pursuit of happiness seems to be like a leisurely walk when you're sensing the presence. There's no pursuit of happiness. All, that's, all that stuff that drives us to keep looking for something to save us is dismissed when satisfaction is noticed. Yeah? You just feel okay. And it really... All these things you may be wrestling with as a beast in you get chilled out because the real thing you're missing is the recognition of your own oneness, really, to me. Because I noticed once that was entertained, all these dilemmas that were all made up all my problems in my life tended to loosen up based on that first knot, yeah? Uh, so I believe I ran into the first knot because when this loosened up, it affected all the other knots. All the other knots I tried to loosen up as an action figure never affected all the other knots. This one did. So I would say I'm on to something, you know. So I'm just trying to share. To me, it was the last answer that's downloaded in me, so I'm sharing it. Maybe something else will download, but as of the, for a while now, this was the last answer that downloaded, yeah? That I am not that. And so I'm just sharing from that experience of not being that. And the experience is as you travel later. I'm not perfect. I lie and I cheat and I do this and that, but there's no me that's lying and cheating. So that's the that's the re, that's the fucking relief. It's not like you're going to be perfect here. You can't be perfect here <laughs> because there's not in duality. There isn't perfection. It's a yes. It always has its opposite. There's always two sides of every coin, and that's the coin of this realm is duality. And no matter how much you try to cut the coin, it will still have two sides. You cannot have love without hate here. That's the way it goes. You can't have poverty without opulence, and vice versa. They play on each other, yes? So if you believe you attain something, you're going to believe you can do something to lose it. That is just the way the mind works. You are not going to escape it as an aspect of the mind. Mind cannot transcend mind. Self cannot transcend self. So if you don't like the way self seems to be, and you try to get out of self as a self, that's part of the dilemma. Having an opinion about how you are, because you are not. So the whole point is, is to recognize, hey, if I believe I did something to attain something, then immediately my mind coin flips, and I can believe I can do something to lose it. That's not peace. Yeah? How can you? Be, how can that be called peace if there's worrying concerning its staying power? That's not peace, is it? 
peace that you capture and have and immediately start worrying that you can lose it, that ain't peace. <laughs> the peace is how you travel, not what you capture or get or attain or achieve or lose. It's the way you're traveling here. You're a verb. It's very economical. You're pared down. You don't need all the wisdom of the ages. All you need to know what to do next. Yeah. And it may not look like what you should have done in the way the world looks at it. It may be what facilitates the ease and lightness of you. Yeah. So someone may say, oh, he's not a success at all. Look at him. But as a living verb, he's damn successful because he's fucking verbing. And he's aware of the verbing. Yeah, he's not he's not claiming the verbing as a noun and becoming something based on what his take on all the verbing. He's just going with the verbing. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's cool. Like in Taoism, they say, oh, that the ugly piece of wood never gets used for furniture. You see, the world looks on, oh, there's got to be a purpose to that. So the greatest piece of wood is what's never used. The circle is the great, the empty, the whole is the greatest thing, because it can be filled with anything. Once it becomes something, you can't fill it with everything anymore. But as a whole, anything can be put in. The bowl is the greatest thing, because it holds chili, or soup, or paint, or whatever. The bowl isn't affected by what it carries. The bowl is the value. Yeah? Something that's been emptied, something that's been opened, something that receives... Don't be fooled by appearances. You may be next to a living verb. You are at all times. It's nice to know what's not happening and be able to tell the difference, at least with what's happening and what's not happening. Most people don't even have that. They are totally consumed thinking what's not happening is happening. Really, they're thinking about what's not happening, and because they're so identified with their thinking, it seems to be the only thing that's happening. But it's actually you're thinking about what's not happening. <laughs> what's happening you don't need thought for. That's the whole point. You only need thought for what's not happening. If you're working on a building, then you have 
thoughts like that have now been able to work to go on, but that that yapping type thought is only called upon to to create or make the illusion of what's not happening seem to be real. I mean, the point that in the middle of that, where I was so pissed, uh, where I was thinking of, I, have, I want to be in control. <laughs> yeah. I want to have my own situation. I want to have these people come in. They should come in when I ask them to. So <laughs> I can grab all the control totally. <laughs> I didn't let go. <laughs> I used to try that's that that's when that's I got arrested. That didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Hey, I shouldn't. This shouldn't be happening to me. Boom! <laughs> it hit me and so. Acceptance is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I've been thinking about the idea of turning one's life to God. Don't think about it. for you, it can work for you. It's, the place is subjective here, you know? You're the dreamer, so the dreamer can trick itself. There's nothing rote. There's no, like, uh, stone tablets what works or doesn't work. You know, because nothing has actually essentially is needed to work. But in the dream, you may... Yeah? See, let's say this is a movie. And so, let's say consciousness wants to have what we call the experience of waking up to itself. So it can appear in the movie to look like it happened in a sequential event. Like, I went to India, and I sat with this master, and then I did, I worked in the kitchen at this spiritual commune, and this and that. And then one day, I was watching water rolling down the side of a wall, and it dawned on me, yes? And it sounds like all of that has something to do with that moment. But it actually didn't. But that's how it appears in the movie. Yeah? So in your movie, the appearance may be, oh, I sat there and I thought about surrendering, abandoning myself to God, and that solicited a, an opening in the mind. But I wouldn't say, okay, everyone, you've got to go to, you know, you know, Denny's at 12 o'clock and solicit, you know, I'm going to give myself over to God, da, 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 and it's going to happen. No, it's like, this is a beautiful movie in a way. It's choreographed differently all the time. Because nothing's actually happening. What's happening doesn't, isn't based on what happens here. What's happening is so prior to this place, appearing. Yeah? So, you know, surrender or don't. It doesn't matter in a sense. Yeah? But if it does matter, surrender. Yeah? If it does matter, surrender. If it does matter to you, say those prayers. It's beautiful. If it does matter to honor, let's say, this master and a picture of him, do that. It doesn't matter. Enjoy the fucking place. If the you, if the you is going to disappear, like you said. No, it never appeared. It's just an, it's an appearance. So it's death. Hmm? It's death. Yeah. The you goes away. What about accountability? Hmm? What about accountability? I guess you won't have any at that point. What about that nice Mr. Adolf and Mr. Gerbils? Hmm? What about him? I don't know. You'll have to find out then, and then you won't be any there to find out. So, the interest in Hitler and Goebbels is based on you. If there isn't a you, there won't be any interest in Hitler and Goebbels. Obviously. So when you end, all the Hitlers and Goebbels and all the Mother Teresas, everything ends.
I mean, obviously. And what what isn't can't leave an impression on what is. Yeah? But what is can intimate into what isn't, usually, obviously. So what isn't all the hell and all the terrible things that happen here and this and that? I don't believe it's like the sky. You ever, you know, the sky is a beautiful metaphor. They use it a lot, a lot of spiritual stuff. So there's the sky, and in the sky, there's an explosive, say Fourth of July explosion. Yeah? But the sky doesn't get hurt by any of the explosions, does it? And that the and then planes are flying through the skies. Have you ever seen a plane crash because they ran into the sky? Oh, we hit some sky at thirty thousand feet. No, yeah, it's just space, yeah, empty space. But it allows everything to appear in it. But everything that appears in it doesn't have an effect on what we call sky. It's just a concept. But the the, the, the sense of space, yes. So the space of when we look up and the stars are seen in it, and then. Planes go by and clouds appear and rain falls from those clouds and the sun gets transmitted through it, yes? But none of that sky isn't affected by anything of all that traffic moving, appearing in it, is it? Is the sky affected by it? Is there something that you could call, hey, that really affected the sky today? It's, it's not. So that's sort of like what this consciousness is. The expression of it is in duality, so that's the appearance in oneness. But the appearance doesn't affect the oneness. Yeah? A recognition of the oneness will affect how the, the appearance is going. But the, whatever's happening in the appearance doesn't leave any impression on the oneness. So no matter how bad you think you've been, and how many people and things you've affected, in a sense, guilt and shame about that is just selfish. Being obsessed with yourself. Your mind is. And that's the hell. Hmm? <laughs> Fuck yeah. See, where does guilt and shame rest? It rests on the branch of doership. You've got to believe you were the personal doer of those actions to have so much guilt about it. And even in recovery, as this, we're given freedom from it, and people don't see it as much. It says in our first step in recovery, we were powerless over alcohol, yeah, or drugs, let's say. So if I was powerless over something, it's like I'm dancing with a gorilla. Yes? I'm not going to stop until the gorilla wants to stop. Literally. The dance is going to continue on until Mr. or Mrs. Gorilla says, okay, and throws you off the floor. You're powerless. So why would I, when I'm under the influence of the gorilla, why would I take so much responsibility on all the feet we stepped on on the dance floor? Because, in fact, I was powerless where we were on the dance floor, how it was going, who we were, what feet we were stomping. Because I was taken over by something. So we were taken over by a deep mental groove called alcoholism. Because we're identified as the mental process, which is the idea of being a self. So this, the disease of alcoholism isn't like cancer where it's in the cells, or isn't like heart disease where it's in the heart, or like something that's in the blood. It's in the mental process. You can't capture it. It's not in the skin or the elbow, but it's in the mental process itself that we're totally identified with. So it's a very insidious disease, alcoholism. So it's in there. And when we drank alcohol, we were powerless over its commands. Yeah? It used us for transportation. Now we wash up on the shores of recovery, and we start becoming recovered, and yet we still hold on to the bond 
towards yourself by being guilty and shameful from all those things. Even after we become accountable by doing amends, the mind still wants to go back and harvest some guilt and shame from those events you think you did. But in fact, you were powerless over what you did. You didn't have any choice. You basically did what the alcoholism wanted you to do. You were a perfect example of someone with untreated alcoholism. That's why most of us do the same things, feel the same way, think the same way, because it's not us, it's alcoholism. It's taken us over. It's like using this conveyor of duality, and it's doing, and it's, doing its little tap dance. And the tap dance was revealed in 1935 to 39 when they wrote a book about what it's like to have alcoholism, so that us, who are being run by it, can obviously, hey, this cannot possibly be me. Because all these other me's have had the same problem. They think the same way I do. How do they have my thoughts? How do they have my feelings? How, where is my sense of terminal uniqueness if you feel exactly like I feel and think exactly like you and do the same thing? Jesus Christ, I'm not so special. Exactly. That's the beginning of freedom from the bondage of it. Yeah? So you recognize it's a parasite. It's, it's a foreign element in the mental process that's taking you over. You're just an extreme example of self-centeredness. You're alcoholism. Yeah, it's just, it paints with a broader brush, but it's recognizable. The traits are the same. There's freedom from it when you, when you realize you're not what you think you are. How, does, how did alcoholism defeat me? I'm identified as its product called a self. Yeah. So what you're saying now, how does the ninth step say most people who get to the ninth step still believe they did it. And because of that belief, there's lots of guilt and shame. So now you face up to it, you clean up the mess, and you get some uh, relative relief here, which frees you from the bondage of occupied being with self, and you can entertain your real nature. But I don't believe most people who get to the ninth step are in that clarity about they weren't a doer and a have So it's just the process of opening up. Exactly. It will free some of your attention and interest that's watching over that dead field of all the bad things you did and all this. You'll, right? you'll deal with it on a relative appearance level and it will free some of your interest and attention. And when your interest and attention is free, it can go somewhere else than something. Yeah? That's why it's difficult. People come here and they hear this message, but they haven't done the steps or anything, and the message doesn't hold water against the disease of alcoholism. Because the whole, the whole dilemma of being identified and the being the doer and the haver is in place. And they hear this message. They don't hear it as, I'm a lion. They hear, I can become like a lion. So it goes right back into that doing and having modality. And it's not going to hold water against this mental, deep mental groove here in the appearance. Yeah? So you see a lot of people enter Buddhism and they're still alcoholic Buddhists. They meditate and everything, and they're whacking it down at night or when they get away from the temple or something. The, the mental groove is going to have a big effect here. Yeah. We're not using this message to combat that. We're using, we're entertaining this message to realize it's an imaginary problem. That's the only solution to it. 
Once you think it's real, you've got to do some quote-unquote real things to get relief from the real problem. I'm just adding something down the road, or right now, or prior to the road, which is the only solution I truly found is that you recognize the problem is imaginary. Yeah? So what happens? There's, there's a, a, a short-circuiting of the problem-solution duality, yeah? The solution isn't put on the problem, which gives its relevance, and you're left with nothing. And you see, hey, and then after a while, what I saw, that was the solution. The solution wasn't finding a real solution to this real problem, it was recognizing the problem as imaginary. I am not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I'm not a noun. I'm not a historical action figure that was born and had these problems and these defective characters. Yet they're, they're the appearance of this duality, but I am not that. That was the freedom. So when I stop seeking solutions to it, the problem doesn't exist for me. The problem does not exist for me as the solution. The problem will continue to exist for me as the problem. If I'm identified as this, I'm going to be addicted to problem, solution, problem, solution. How many solutions have you had in this life? Did one solution do it for you? No. Then you got to get the turbocharged solution, the new and improved solution, the super dynamic solution, because it's a dilemma. You're stuck. It's an addiction, yes? Problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. This is the problems maybe, maybe imaginary. Therefore, there's no need to keep seeking for solutions, and that may be the solution. Yeah? That it's imaginary. That's what happened to me. And it didn't happen. I didn't practice it. It dawned on me. Yeah? This is just an expression of things that are already so. You are like the last to know, really, as a head. Yeah? Things shift, and then you know after a while the head starts saying, hey, something shifted. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell? I was really traveling heavy, now I'm not traveling heavy. What happened? Well, then you can start reporting in, hey, this is how it seemed to be. There was a recognition that the problem that I was taking so seriously by calling it me, yes, was imaginary. And that has proven to be a very durable solution here. Yeah? And so, all you want is a result, yeah? I don't want to be right about anything. That's like the booby prize. I want something that translates into an ease and comfort in my skin. Now. Yeah? And I want it to be, and I want it to stabilize and last. And I want it to be a basic fact of my experience here. Not an experience I have occasionally. I want it to be an underlying fact of my experience. And now my experiences can be of anxiety and this and that, but they're always overridden by the sense of being on. Yes. It's hard to get it through to some people because the head hears it a certain way and it always wants to make it into me doing something. Yeah? And then, of course, the blame comes with me didn't do something. Yeah? And then the mind uses it once again to beat itself up with. Now, you know, but what can you do? You can just offer the invitation, and what happens is the people forget the invitation and they collect the envelopes, yeah? And then compare the envelopes. So I like this envelope, bit in this envelope, but the message is a living little testament, so to speak. The sense of the presence of consciousness, the certainty of that presence, yes? And recognition of that presence. That's the message. That's the invitation. This is just an envelope. You may like it or not. Discard the envelope. But the invitation, you've already been served. You may not even know it. But 
the spiritual subpoena has been served. You, know, you got it today. I can tell. I've been, you know, I've been used to serve the subpoena for a while. I know when it's being served. I can tell. It's like, I know when the souffle is ready to come out of the oven. Yeah, you know, I have a. It's like <laughs> Junior Betty Crocker. I recognize it. I have my little fake stove, and yeah, okay. The message has been served today. Hallelujah. Rest of the day's all downhill for me. I did my job. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I don't know if you don't get it. Uh, I get it every time. That's why I, I haven't missed a meeting. I've always been at every meeting. And I've gotten it at every meeting. Awesome. Really. After a while, you'll be so attuned. You'll be getting it. What you call getting it, you'll live as that getting it. There won't be any getting, but you'll be living as if there's a constant getting. Yeah, that's pretty good. And of course, if your attention and interest is freed from selfing, Man, you cannot believe where it will be directed and how it will be used. Oh, man. You know, you'll be a joy. It's a joy to be an expression of something so unbelievable than to try to be a noun of you know, a life of being right and special. To me. You know, much more fulfilling. Really. So, we'll end up... Uh, what will we do? Uh, we'll pass the basket. Yeah.